0: Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. Joining me on this episode are the returning... Lewis, Yian, and Erin.
1: Hello. 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 Also, I object to being last. This isn't...
0: I mean, I was more... I mean, you could argue saving best till last, Erin, but also I was going the oh, order well, of episodes. if you
1: put it like that, yeah. then it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was going order of uh, recordings, to be honest, with, you know, one, one two, and three. My illustrious, marvellous, and fantastic guests.
2: No, no, he's just trying to butter us up. Now, no, anyway, we're (laughs) we're asking the questions this time, so he's just trying to butter us
0: up. Yeah, we're doing (laughs) things spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're doing things differently here for uh, our twentieth episode. Uh, I've had people um, who I've recorded with say to me afterwards they think I should, as Lewis said there, be the one who's being asked the questions. So we're doing it for this one. So um. he's
2: in the hot seat this time.
0: Indeed. So mm. I guess yes. I'll I'll hand it I'll hand the reins over to you guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Now we've got now we've got the control. We don't know what to do with it. Right. Okay. <laughs> we don't think
1: we get this far, honestly. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Who's got the rest of the cue cards? Uh, anyway. Right. Okay.
0: It's baptism so, of fire. Yeah, I
2: Indeed. believe. Um, Aaron,
1: seeing as you were introduced last, would you like to start us off? Uh, naturally, the best should start, as well as. Um, yeah, so why don't we just t- talk about kind of your level of sight and your kind of story with regards to your sight loss.
0: Sure, yeah. So I'm from Weymouth, uh, which for those who don't know is a seaside town on the south coast. I, I'd say if you went any more south, you'd be in the sea. Uh, but when I was born... Um, lived originally like in the near the town center But then at three years old we moved to a village on the outskirts And yeah, I was born fully abled uh, Fully and able, um, you know Nothing, you know, was different as it were uh, Only thing was I was born six weeks early I was uh, very eager to get out apparently uh, and as a result, I hadn't developed a swallowing reflex for like, so for like the first few days I was kept in hospital, uh, I've been told and I had to be fed through my nose. So Oof, yikes. I'm glad that that didn't have to continue to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been a bit of a, a bit of a downward <laughs> curve from the gate, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, dominoes
0: like that though. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, geez. You definitely blend that. Um, <laughs> you could
1: just tear <laughs> up the crust I suppose and just like <laughs> oh,
0: that's like horror film <laughs> squeeze the like stuff crust up I like being swabbed um, <laughs> in the front of test
3: oh good start good start
0: exactly uh,
2: a nasal dominoes does not sound like the nicest thing anyway very much
0: <laughs> not the case <laughs> um, but yeah so as a result of being born early uh I was quite a light baby uh and but my mum tells me I caught up pretty quickly uh which was a good thing obviously so
2: ouch burn <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> no. No, that's fair
0: enough uh but yeah, so for the first five years, you know things were fine uh you know there was never really any. Uh, You know, reason for concern. I went to nursery at the usual point. uh, And it was around... It was a month after starting primary school uh, that I think was sort of the beginning of the headaches uh, that I was having. But it was passed off, you know, as a kid having headaches. Um, Mm -hmm. And throwing up occasionally. Like, I do have a... I'm pretty sure it's connected that I do have a memory of uh, being sat outside um, our classroom with the uh, school nurse having a bucket in front of me and me throwing up in it. Which uh, is weird because another one of my memories before losing my sight is uh, also throwing up at my birthday party. So for whatever reason, uh, being sick uh, seems to stick out in my mind.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a very fun childhood memory. (laughs) God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, But yeah, like I said, this was uh, So it continued uh, You know, over Christmas Me having the headaches Mm -hmm. I had continued going to school As much as possible I think, you know, there were times where I wasn't able to go in uh, For that first term And then uh, I didn't go back to school uh, In January Because of the headaches being as bad as they were and there, my mum wanted to cancel my birthday party. Obviously, a four-year-old turning five—that was a big no-no.
2: Yeah, that's that's like a not an option kind of thing, isn't it? It's like yeah. I will do it if if it literally kills me. I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> so then the day after my birthday, uh, so it would have been the 29th ninth of January. Uh, my mum found me in my bedroom uh, trying to find. Uh, my way out to the toilet and um you know she asked me if if i could see anything to which i told her that i didn't think so uh wow so
3: it's a harrowing experience i suppose
0: well yeah i will say i don't remember any of like this period which is why for me like you know he has his issues but that's i put a lot of credence saying to um Freud in psychology says, you know, the brain hiding traumatic experiences, because I have memories before mm. then mm. and after then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I entire, I'm entirely relying on, uh, you know, what my parents have told me, you know, not that I'm suggesting they've led me astray with their information. <coughs> <I'm laughs> well, no, I wasn't yeah.
3: suggesting that, but there
0: we are. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, no, exactly. But so, yeah, obviously, you know, mum took me to the hospital immediately Mm-hmm. Um, I had a CAT scan, um, and I had a brain tumor, basically.
1: Wow!
0: Um, that it's been suggested had actually been growing in my head for the previous two years.
2: Wow! Ah, which explains all the prior mm. stuff.
0: Well, yeah, uh, and uh, just I'd
2: out of out on. of curiosity, how was that broken to you at that age? Because I can't, I can't imagine that. I like was it i can't imagine that was a nice experience
0: i don't think um i mean i wasn't co- my mum's told me this and uh and it's something that i wrote on my on my blog about as well which uh is i didn't i was so out of it at that point they actually didn't have to sedate you know they didn't have to put me under to put me in the like mri like because yeah. normally with kids i think they might you know s- you know sedate them to um you know to make it easier because you know some kids may not keep still on stuff at least back then yeah um so this was 20 years ago but i was so out of it that they didn't have to even it didn't have to be considered Um, uh so yeah i don't think they had been able to they were it wasn't broken to me (laughs) i guess is my point it was very much my mum and my mum was uh called my dad who was at work at the time he was working in. Uh, Salisbury at that point, so that was like an hour and a half, two-hour drive from us. Wow! Because uh, he'd commute, so he um, like headed back. Well, he actually he met us at Southampton Hospital, which is where we then uh, went immediately. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because they were the closest, uh, uh, you know, pediatric neurology uh, specialist special, uh, specialists. Yeah, the,
1: the thing, possibly though, I mean, I don't know if you sort of found this from talking to other people but maybe you were told and you just don't remember it though because i feel like That's a lot of possible. people probably think that like if you're i mean if you have any kind of disability especially if it's one that you acquired when you were younger people probably think of this like dramatic moment that you remember you're like that was the day everything changed and they broke it to me and my parents are crying in front of me and like i don't i don't think anybody really remembers that when yeah. you're younger no matter how dramatic your story is like i I don't know. I, mm. I just don't think anybody sort of told and remembers that mm. sort of thing.
0: I mean, I agree with you. I think for me, from the from talking to my mum and dad, though, what it I think it's basically as I s- said at that point. Like as far as the knowledge that I had a brain tumor, I think really there wasn't really much of a chance to tell me about it um, before the tumor was already taken out because mm. the tumor yeah. was. Um, so mm, the, it was quite a risk. Oh taking the tumor out was mm. uh yeah it was uh, deemed a risk but uh, my mum's told me a story where the uh neurosurgeon um who was um uh, Miss Lee uh sat my mum down um like after cuz the emergent they did emergency surgery when i went there so basically people wondering. the tumor wasn't cancerous it was uh, it was benign but what it had done is um it had caused a build up of fluid In my head, and it's the pressure from that um, on the part of the brain that you know control the optic nerves that's what caused my sight to go. Uh, So, is
1: it actual optic nerve damage or is it on you know, is it like brain damage? See, that's
0: where I'm not 100% sure. I will admit Mm. myself, I'm not 100% Mm. sure
1: because that'd be interesting because then I suppose it'd be more a psychological blindness, but you've never seemed, you know, if it was just the brain
0: yeah no i'm pretty sure it's it's i'm pretty sure it's optic nerve um mm. related, but yeah but as a result so when i got there they um you know they like did the classic like drilling a hole in my head thing um i've still got the bit of my skull missing at uh, the back of my head uh but then they put a shunt an emergency shunt in uh which for those who don't know is um i can basically describe it as at the top, it feels like a 3D um, half of an oval, and it basically is connected to a tube that for me goes down my neck, and like you can feel it on the side of my neck, uh, and you know goes down into my stomach where I do have a scar there as well. When, when in secondary school you get changed for PE in the changing rooms, I had a lot of uh, guys ask me if I had my appendix removed, because it's in a similar place.
1: Did you tell them you fought a bear?
0: <laughs> no, I had not. Missed
1: opportunity. Uh, I mean, I Or a
3: bar fight. That was the other one, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like a bar fight would have been more realistic. I think um, if I fought <laughs> a bear, I think I would have been lucky to get away with just a scar on my stomach.
1: But that's how good you were, though. That's how bad you beat that bear up. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: right. it's
2: like, you you only got that from a bear. It's like, oh, you should have seen the other
0: guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: should have
2: seen
0: the
1: bear. Yeah, definitely. Damn, that bear.
0: Um, there was no bear left. Yeah but uh no the the idea is that yeah the so the fluid is drained from my head like relieving the pressure and obviously goes down to my stomach and then you know goes through you know my intestines to and comes out as urine that's basically the idea and um for some people uh you know their shunts stay you know they have them in for years and they're still active but mine was tied off not even a month I think after being put in, like it was only in there as an emergency whilst the tumour was still in my head. But then uh, my mum has told me as well saying that uh, the neurosurgeon, Miss Lee, sat her down and basically was there like, this is the only way to save his life is to, you know, operate and, uh, you know, cut the tumour out. Um, And mum was, you know, not challenging it. Mum just generally asked, is that the only option? And, um uh, Miss Lee apparently was uh, very, uh, very, um, what's the word? Uh, firm. Firm um. on it, yeah. F- adamant, yeah. yeah, that's the one Both of those were adamant that she was there, like, apparently she says something along the lines of saying, yes, that's the only way. Mrs. Brennan, if you st- stop me, it will, um, he will certainly die, and I will happily take you to court over it. So yeah that's where i've often joked pretty intense yes uh, definitely would have been for my parents that's the thing a lot of people say to me like oh it must have been a harrowing experience for you but in my mind on there like i think it would have been worse for my parents and my older brother who was you know 10 years older than me so 15 at the time my sister was two she didn't you know she knew even less than Mm -hmm. i did i think of what was going on at the time um i think again though that's
1: that thing of People having this perception that, you know, something that, like, you know, as an adult now was a traumatic experience. Like, kids just, it's just your normal as a kid. Like, and you sort of say, you remember the, you know, the physical stuff of throwing up because that's unpleasant, but, like, you don't you don't understand, you don't know, and you don't really care at that age. Like, you're just sort of getting on with it.
3: Yeah. No, and it it's a lot of
1: people f- around you that are affected.
0: Definitely.
3: Yeah. And obviously, um, like, uh, people will say things like that and then obviously say, oh it's strange that the doctor some might even say that it's strange that the doctor would say Oh, I'll take you to court and that would be the straight away thing they would go to but it's, it's quite understandable in both ways because it's understandable for your parents or your mother at the time to want to save you from something so extreme or painful but it's also understandable that they have to state that um, to just shock whoever they're talking to into reality so it's you can kind of see it both ways. Oh, definitely. You can see it as dramatic, but also why it needs to be.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know in some ways it was dramatic, but no, I I don't think, you know, I think fair enough mm. that she said that because there are cases, you know, there's been in this country and obviously in other parts of the world where, you know, a child needs, you know, a certain procedure, but the parents don't want them to have it. Like, I always remember one when I was growing up where it was a, what yeah, was it, like a one-year-old boy had cancer? But his mum wouldn't let him have uh, the chemotherapy. Where his dad, I think they were separated. Where his dad did want him to, and she like went off to. I remember she like mm. ran off to Spain and stuff. Um, uh, uh, she got found in the end, and um, I know uh, the the kid did get the, uh, you know, the treatment he mm. required. Mm. But so, so so I don't I don't blame you know the neuro, I wouldn't blame the neurosurgeon and even did mum like and it you know you know I no. will clarify that you know mum was taken aback of course as you would be in that moment but you know understands where she was coming from
2: and obviously it all worked out well in the end because here you are so no exactly that is one thing we can take from that
0: well yeah and now
1: you're our problem <laughs>
0: exactly oh. yep <laughs> i no, i have to say to people i you know i wasn't on death's doorstep i was you know i'd broken down the door um is the way all i put right, it to people don't be dramatic it's now the, who's being manic but I think it's uh, you know it's, it's just uh, sorry mate the, ca- the
2: academy's up.
1: not watching it's cool <laughs> um,
0: alright uh, um, but yeah like, but, so, so
1: what's your site like now then that's, yeah, that's obviously what... you know what caused it
0: yeah so it was well I will clarify so it was in less than a week uh, that I had the operation tune was taken out uh, I've been told the first thing I said when I woke up was where's my pants uh but, ah. <laughs> but I was but I was totally blind uh at this point, as I had been, you know, before the tumour being taken out. Um I've been told by my parents that they were informed uh basically the uh you know, neurosurgeons, neurologists, um seemed to all be uh of the opinion that I would get some sight back eventually. But they didn't know when and they didn't know how much. But they said I would get some back, so uh I was so when I went back home, I was you know um still totally blind as I said uh, my mum tells me I was as you can imagine, I guess for a five year old kid hey didn't like being left alone uh in a room mm. like you know mama to you know make sure say if she wanted to pop into the sitting room and you know from the sitting room into the kitchen, I had to be with her, either that or someone had to be with me. Uh, but it was in around late May, early June time, so I think it would have been after uh, May half term as it is uh, here in the UK, uh, that I went actually went back into school. So this is what I often say to people, I don't really count reception uh, for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've been told by my friends uh, from my mate um who was with me in primary school that um they had a whole there was a whole uh situation where the class were lined up and like came and reintroduced themselves to me um on the first day I came in uh with the idea obviously that I could maybe uh, learn their voices I don't remember yep. I don't remember this at all uh it has to be said uh But it was soon after I went back so it would have been later in June it may have been early July so not long before breaking up obviously for the summer uh, that I actually uh, started to get some sight back so what from what my mum tells me it started off that I could see light uh, gradually then I could see shapes uh, and at this point I was only doing half days so uh, there was one particular time my mum was, you know, had arrived into the school to come and collect me, and apparently my teacher at the time, Mrs. Cheeseman, was her name, just came like running out of the classroom and was there like, you know, Mrs. Brennan, Mrs. Brennan, you know, come quick, he can see colour. Um, and I basically had, you know, like those building blocks in front of me. Ah, and, uh, the ones Yep. And my mum. You know, sat down with me and was just asking me what colour is that one, what colour is that one, and and I was telling her, like right, you know, because I guess they were close enough for me to see at that point. And obviously, with the sight, as I said, I was had been sighted for five years, so I I, I knew what colour was. Um, you know. Mm. Yeah, um, you were aware of what you were. I'd, you mean, know, what you
2: I'd were imagine. Sort
3: of thing. I'd imagine with um, with that kind of moment. Obviously, the adults around you were kind of completely bemused but they're saying what colour is that one sort of somewhat tensely and you're just probably nodding along and
0: speaking completely <laughs> <Again, speaking> <laughs> I mean I can only imagine I really do not remember this like mm. the only memory I have of being back at the school for the rest of reception is when I would have still been totally blind because I remember holding the, te- the teaching assistant's hand while walking around the playground that's the only memory I have from mm. when I returned For the rest of reception, but so what I've been told since, obviously, I had the usual like you know eye checkups um, with that happening, uh, with the sight coming back, and what I've got is so I've got light perception technically in my left eye, but I always just tell people I've got nothing in my left eye because it's barely any light perception, Uh, Hmm. and due to the sight I have in my right eye, I don't really think I use it, so. The sight I have in my light,
2: light, light perception is a bit of a tricky thing to use. To be fair, mm.
0: yeah, uh, no, exactly. But the uh, sight I have in my right eye, what I've been told is it's ten percent of the eye, uh, and I think and I do think we sort of uh, touched on this a bit in your episode, Erin. That I think it's some of it is central, but most of it is peripheral um Mm. for me i think because i've had moments where if i look straight ahead i can see things on my right better than i can in front of me um which is why i think it's quite common that i tilt i always turn my head slightly to the left uh, when i'm looking at something um but what i've been told is with with that 10 percent, the way i was told was 160th so meaning that if I'm. Hang on, let me. Go. Oh, do
1: you mean 1 over 60? 1
0: over 60, yeah. 1 over 60 yeah. sorry, is what I said. So, like, what um,
1: you see at 1 meter, other people would see at 60 meters? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. exact, same yes. quality. Engine. Yeah, I was checking if yeah. I go around the right and way. And I think it's 2. Is it 2,200 for for being registered blind? I'm pretty sure it... is.
2: I'm not yeah. sure. Um, I couldn't mm. say off the top of my head. I, I think it's 2,200.
1: 1, like so it's pretty close but maybe it's because you've got very little peripheral and central vision as well possibly it's like not very good acuity
0: yeah but yeah no so like you said yeah if i'm a meter away from something it's apparently with the 10 percent i have it's like someone was 60 meters away uh and yeah and that's the way it's always been it's it's never got better and it's never got worse uh so in that sense i'm reasonably fortunate because um Something I learned, which we will get on to more, I know, being at R uh, And also talking to people, you know, for doing it, when doing this podcast, you know, there are quite a few people who, you know, don't have that stability with their site. You know, it, mm. it may deteriorate, they don't know. And, you know, so on, on that front, I've actually been fortunate, you know, even, you know, when you get past the fact that obviously it is a bit, um, you know, it can sound dramatic, but you know, as we sort of covered, you know, it's no exaggeration to you know say it's better than the alternative. Hmm. You know, I how things think could have been.
2: You uh, you touched briefly on it there, like your time in school. How did your site affect you in school, like with your you know mm. in school relationships, things like that? How did it how did it affect it sure. as you went along?
0: Well, I mean, firstly on the academic side of things, uh, I continued um, reading and writing as my main form of working but obviously I needed bigger print um my ideal size uh, I've been told so where it doesn't feel uncomfortable for my eye um to read is 48 uh so when you consider you know normal size print is like 12. Uh, yeah 12, yeah. To, 12
2: mm. to 14. Yeah
0: mm. uh, that's it's pretty uh, huge. Yes exactly um and my writing as the same result is was around the same size so I had bigger books uh, than people but i would sometimes i would struggle to stay within the lines uh when handwriting um i do remember i will re- worry about that I'll, oh I'll no
2: do that with sight so. <laughs> no way yeah but
0: it was just one of those things that i think i was very conscious of it at that point um mm, yeah and as far as i feel as the- like it's
1: a bit fruitless to i mean obviously like we kind of know they they did choose the alternative anyway but if a chance of writing in size 48 i, I feel like there's a point at which you go, okay, well, let's just not do handwriting with this one. Well, <laughs> it's not going to be very useful.
0: Yeah, I think they did dictate for me a bit, if I remember correctly, in year one, um, my TA that I had at the time. Because I, I had a different TA in reception to year one, and then it was year two that I had um, the same TA for basically the rest of the time. Um, with Then then she went part-time in year five with someone else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was in year... Well, I actually remember in year one, we actually... Um, we were shown a video on Louis Braille. So that, I guess, technically was my first introduction to Braille. Uh, ah. And I realized afterwards that they only showed it in... Um, that. I think they did show it in some other classes. Um, that one they did. But then it was in year... Yeah, it was in year two. So I was six or seven that I started to learn Braille. Uh, and I also did learn touch typing. Uh, however, I was allowed to choose, you know, which one I would rather use. And I chose Braille. Um, and that meant t- touch typing and technology went to the wayside. And I really wish that they hadn't allowed that to be the case because, uh, There are times I, like nowadays, I wish I was better with technology and more comfortable with it. Mm. Because that was the Mm. thing with that, with them letting me to do that. I think it's sort of, there's probably other things that contribute to it. But I was a huge technophobe when growing up as a kid. Mm. Uh, But
1: at the same time, though, do you not think that would have helped your literacy a lot? Because I've like heard this from folks who use Braille. Yeah. Or like if they rely on technology from being really young and then not really taught Braille. I mean you don't know spelling you don't know grammar if everything's read to you by a machine but the thing but the thing (laughs) it's
0: it's it's all the it yeah but there's it's i mean braille's not perfect because obviously there's contractions that mean certain things so for example i didn't know for years how to spell knowledge Mm. so you know because in braille to write knowledge you just put the letter k because each letter well most of the alphabet stands for some Um, a word on its own so i didn't know for ages how to spell knowledge i didn't know how to spell there's a contraction for necessary i didn't know how to spell necessary for you know ages uh so it's like so i think it so yes and no i guess would be my answer to that Hmm. um interesting but uh yeah like they were my main form and at that point i think the only time i wrote was if i did christmas cards or anything and I would have to be very close uh, to, you know, what I'm writing on uh, there would be times because I was using a, a thick black pen so I would get I'm
1: imagining with a regular sized yes. Christmas card you just put like the T for two and that's it, it's taken <laughs> up the whole card
0: no, 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 that's the thing I would try my best to write as small as possible um, for me we
2: appear we appear to have 120 cards from Callum Brennan all in number order <laughs> <laughs> You hang them along the line, they do say to so and so, Merry Christmas Love Callum <laughs>
0: oh, I would have never put love um, <laughs> Always from Yes, you stole us <laughs> <laughs> uh, To be fair to me a part of me doesn't know why I gave Christmas cards to kids I think I just wanted to fit in because I guess that's where we get on onto I, uh, unf- my uh, unfortunate experience of primary which is that I was bullied from year 2 to year 6 uh, for being mm. blind like you know sometimes people ask me was there any other reasons no I was for being blind maybe it was I mean I was told I'm, and I'm still told that I'm pretty bright you know maybe that was a s- slight addition but it was definitely primarily because I was blind and it's the thing like people often ask To so sort of what we were saying earlier like you know as you're a kid you don't really realise it was when the bullying started that I started to be there like ah I'm different you know you know, there's, there's yeah. quote in my mind at the time, something wrong with me, because that's how it was portrayed to me uh, by, th- you know, those buddies. And now I'm... And it's weird to look back on because, you know, I think there's always a part of me, and this is in some way, I think, a curse of having a good memory, because I've been told I have a very good memory. But so as a result, I don't think I'll ever, f- you know, be able to forgive them, uh, mm. you know, because... Uh, some people may say, "Well, four years isn't that long." I mean, firstly, it is when you're a kid, uh, but secondly, you know, it, you know, the effects of it, you know, are long-lasting. You know, once yeah, I they're went four to years, but school.
1: they're full crucial years for yeah. like how you develop as well. Yeah,
0: so because yeah. I remember I was terrified when I went to secondary school, obviously a bigger school and stuff, and only one of the kids who bullied me was going there. But I was terrified that you know other people were just gonna, you know. I guess, seeing me what they saw. And, you know, at mm. the time, you know, I believed, you know, what I'd been told, you know, that I was basically uh, rubbish without swearing. You know, just, you know, the lowest of the low. Yeah. If
2: you're told something for long enough by enough people, you eventually, no matter how strong your resolve, you will eventually question it well, yourself.
0: Especially when you're a kid.
2: <laughs> four years is long enough for that yeah. to set in easy. Mm. Yeah, and mm. especially
0: when you're a kid where I'd say this to people like, you know, you're a sponge. You know, you absorb what you absorb the information you're given, and when you are constantly, yeah, told, you know, yeah, that you're, you know, worthless to put it uh, politely. Obviously, there was more, and I, and also, you know, you getting it, you know, beaten into you as well, physically, because you know that occurred for me as well. Um, Mm. and I'm very aware now, like, and it's weird because I look back on it. I'm, I'm aware, you know, some of those people, you know. You know as is often the case with bullies you know things were going on in their personal life but my problem with that is I don't like how some people use that the way some people word it is it's it excuses them you know no and mm-hmm. and as someone yeah. who you know witnessed it is they're like I don't you know for example one of them you know I'm not gonna name people but one of them you know his dad died um in year six um or year five. And I liked his dad, actually, because, um, funny enough, we were in the same house colour, which meant, obviously, we were on the same sports team, me and uh, this kid. Uh, so his dad was often at the sidelines cheering us on. So I had, like, good talks with um, the dad. And also uh, I got on with one of the kid's ol- older brothers, uh, you know, not in a friend sense, but, you know, in a better sense. So but his dad mm. died and obviously, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, I don't, you know, there's people may think i'm being callous when i say i don't care you know if you know that's happened it doesn't justify you know Mm. the things that were being said to me and being done to me
2: also you have the thing that kids when you're a kid you don't really you take a while to gain empathy Mm. it takes a little while to gain that and i feel arguments like that you're trying to attach empathy to someone who didn't necessarily have it fully developed yet i mean and it's yeah. very hard hu- it's very easy to legitimize it in later life but at the time you you cannot you you really are sort of stuck with how it was and that's it really i mean definitely there's, there's very few shades of gray at that age
0: yeah no definitely a kid i mean i still like i said i mean even now looking back on it i'd say even if someone you know as an adult i don't i still don't think it you know no. You know, it makes um, it it makes it okay, but you're definitely right as far as as a kid, it's there, like you know, you know, couldn't care less sort of thing, mm. yeah. um, and you know, so. And just to
3: clarify, because I think you went to this point briefly, and I don't want you to, to to go into it too too deep, but I just clarify for my own sort of recollections, as much as anyone else listening. But when you say there was there was physical issues, how how when, how did they manage to sort of sort of lead on to that? Because to me, when you're in school surrounded by, say, teachers, even it breaks. Like I can't envision that. How did they being, get away with it? Ever being possible? How did they get away with it? Yes, that, thank you. I mean,
0: they didn't a hundred percent of the time. Admittedly, I think sometimes they did get caught, but. I guess, you know, they're the ones who had sight. They were able to tell when their teacher was looking the other way. Teachers, there wasn't a, te- you know, a teacher was dealing with another group of kids, so was distracted. You know, one of the dinner ladies or whatever, I'm guessing that's what led to it. Sometimes, you know, they would just hit me when, or trip me up, you know, when we were walking in the thing. So, you know, it's under the guise of the crowd of kids. Uh, yes. You know, it'd be that kind of thing. Um a big moment that happened in year six was I got cornered in the um, boys' toilets, like got a massive mark on my um, leg. Because um, I remember that because uh, cause that was a thing. Like a lot of the time, I wouldn't tell on them because, again, you're you have the whole like you know what's the word? On Snitches get stitches. Theater, um, you know, it... uh, you know you can't you know don't dob. It's not cool. Uh, you know, don't tell on people and whatever. Um, but there was one time in year six that I went to the toilet like I asked to leave during a class neither the we you know usual stuff went to the toilet mm-hmm. um, I heard one of the kids asking to go to the toilet as well and there was only one bathroom for year six so I knew where he was going and in hindsight mm-hmm. I should have just gone to another toilet you know you know walked done a long walk around the school but I didn't think about it in the moment, you know. Was um, yep, you just desperate went, was probably saw... was probably a bit fearful as well, so I wasn't thinking straight because I knew what was probably coming. Um, mm-hmm. And I suppose a part of me, in hindsight, especially now as an adult, would question the uh, teacher for letting him go. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so you know, went into the toilet, you know, and you know, basically, you know, yeah, f- things happened in there. Unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, like that's something that I told because you know it was quite bad, and I actually had to. Um, the only male, the because he told another story, as you'd imagine, like I was picking mm-hmm. on him, um, and, and he just did it in retaliation. Uh, so, the head teacher asked the only male teacher in our school to take me into the toilet. I showed him the part of basically i'd been pushed into a urinal like really hard so i showed him where on the urinal i'd hit i then had to i feel like this probably wouldn't be allowed nowadays i had to then take my trousers down and he he lined the mark on my thigh to the urinal and that was the yeah which then
2: corroborates your story
0: yes and that was the only way that he and that's how he was caught basically and he got Mm -hmm. suspended for two days which you know i'd argue gosh N- you know not enough but you know that it's was at really the time and that's old, it? but it's um but yeah needless to say like i said when i went to secondary school i was not um looking forward to things i found out like I said, he nah. was the he was the one he went to secondary school thankfully he was in a different half of the year to me so our year was there were six tutor groups and basically one half of the year you know so it was split in two halves i've actually found out since that uh, the reason why he wasn't in my half of the year was apparently my mum went to the you know the school to the uh, head teacher and stuff and basically you know demanded that he be kept as far away from me as possible
2: if if anyone were in like we i don't know the age of anyone listening um if anyone was in a position where they were experiencing a similar thing um what do you have any anything you'd want to sort of say or any sort of
0: uh, like cuz i know the whole yeah.
2: you know don't snitch on people and all that would you say
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's definitely the big one where I'm just there, like you know, screw that sort of thing. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, do not be afraid to seek help. You know, and if they and if they and if they threaten you that you'll be a you know you know social pariah for um you know for telling on them, that's you know that's crap. You know, you know they you know some people you know may hold it against you, but you know. Frankly, it's better than not saying anything, which was the case for me for all, all that time. You know, and it definitely affected me poorly for years to come. Uh, not trying to get stuff sorted out sooner, so hmm. you know, it's
2: better for your mental state and possibly your physical state if you seek help, yeah. get the right defenses in place. Yeah, definitely, and don't let their their fear tactics work. Essentially, don't yes, give them um, fuel.
3: The final thing I'd like to say, because I think this is true, and you, by any means, people can disagree with me if they don't think it's true, but I think, given how much time has passed since we were that young, there's a lot more systems in place, at least, yeah, to try and get people heard, and that is a good thing, and that's, those systems are there to be used. Don't ever not use them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I guess I'll leave up to you where we go next.
1: <laughs> well, um, secondary school seems the yeah.
0: yeah, I thought so just thought I'd let you. so yeah
2: let's crank along the timeline.
0: yeah, secondary school was a lot better experience for me. It has to be said as I said initially I was quite scared going there um, and then things seemed to be all right. I was I managed to get in a tutor group with people I was still friendly with from primary school. that's the thing I wasn't entirely alone in primary school and that probably helped me. Uh, unfortunately I, I know there was one where a friend of mine at the time not friends with him anymore drifted apart uh, I do think he did stand up to one of the boys at one point but he um, you know got s- his head smashed on the bench for his trouble so it's things like that as well that don't you know help in those situations but anyway no. so when was at the secondary school was in the two group I still was not using my cane around the school despite being bigger I hadn't used my cane in primary either Uh, did learn to use the cane whilst at primary but just didn't want to use it in the school itself I think again it's like a lot of people have mentioned uh, on episodes uh, that I've done you know it make it makes you feel self-conscious especially I think when you're you know in the early stages uh, mm-hmm. and especially in primary and that's school. That's the
1: prime time as well to be self conscious, especially yes. in secondary school. You just really don't want to be different.
0: Well yeah, but that's that's what I was saying. For me, it was even more so in primary, obviously. Mm-hmm. The irony is it would have probably given me um a count you know a counter to you know to those who were bullying me. But yeah, I didn't wanna you know, it seemed like you were basically having a huge badge on yourself going, I'm blind, you know, I'm different. But yeah, so mm-hmm. Kept, went to, even though the secondary school was five times bigger than my primary school, as far as the pupil, the number of pupils. So really, I should have used one from the beginning, but didn't for the first couple of days. Again, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but in like the first few days, fell down some stairs, and from then on, I was told by the teachers, my teaching assistants, and my parents that I need to use the cane. Um, you know, there was no, you know, no if, ifs, buts, or maybes, uh, you know, I had to use the cane, end of story.
2: In and, the interests of not falling downstairs, wise decision. <laughs> oh, that's the thing.
0: I, I'm not saying they were wrong. Like there are times where, you know, you have to be told as a kid, you know, what, yeah. and they were definitely right that it was the, uh, best thing. I will, again, I, I said this in a previous episode, but I will always, um, say that me being blind was not why i fell down those stairs they were concrete ones outside and it had been raining i just generally slipped um but it's still in some, in that in that way it still was i guess a, a happy ending you know in the sense that it led yeah. to me mm. ending up using the cane and pardon the pun i guess i haven't looked back since you know I, it wasn't a you know decision that i regretted. Um, and if people were wondering when I fell down the stairs, I only grazed my knees and hands. It wasn't like major. Um, That's good at least. Yes, it's good to know you didn't completely destroy yourself
2: falling down some stairs.
0: No, uh, that is good. So yeah, I continued using the cane for five years. I was allowed to skip the lunch queue. Uh, that was a nice perk. Um, you were only uh, if your kids were normally have to queue up, and it was only year 11s who could skip the queue. But I was allowed to from year seven. Uh, I think the idea behind it was so I could get my stuff easily because it might take me longer. And I think yeah, I think I, I think it's yeah. so you don't
2: hold up the queue. I reckon. But...
0: I possibly uh, I think there was also something like I think the first day I went or the second day, first two days, I didn't get lunch because mm. the queue was so long. Um, and I don't know if my parents said something and they wanted to, and, and teachers wanted to encourage me to actually you know get my lunch. Uh, so. Did that, funnily enough, led to a a friendship I had with uh, the person I mentioned earlier, who told me about you know people queuing up to say hello to me at reception. His and my friendship uh, grew as a result because uh, he was the per- I was allowed to have someone skip the queue with me, and both him and Ledge I buddy. massive food fans. So, so that was our way of um, <laughs> strengthening our friendship was food. Uh, there you go then. Yeah, but with the cane continued. To use it as i said uh unfortunately i think as a result of a lot of the aggression i had in me i did hit people with it and i don't look back on the that time fondly uh i guess if anyone happens to listen to it uh, to this and they are and they do still still hold it against me all i can do is apologize uh, but you know it did also it was some of those uh times hitting people is what led to me breaking some of the canes because in that five-year spell uh i broke 17.
2: that is quite the economy on canes there friend it is God. yes it's again, quite like, um i don't, I don't think we have
3: discussed it before but it's quite a a bigger number than I, re- I remember so when you say i assume you just mean like when walking through you were hitting hitting someone's foot harder Rather than mm. just charging at them with...
0: <laughs> not all the time. Um, sometimes standing around with friends outside talking and then you'd go sneak up behind one of them. Their legs are open. Um, yeah, and nut shot. Um, and there was one time I hit someone in the nuts and clearly it was hard enough that the cane broke. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I, just I must to... ask.
1: Sorry, metal or, f- or fiberglass?
0: <laughs> See... I can't remember with that one because I. See, that's the thing. At one point, I switched from because I originally did have a f- fiberglass, uh, and then I switched because um, the fiberglass started because when they get quite old, it started splintering in, and I was getting a, uh, you know, splinters in my fingers from my cane, which was not fun. Uh, very, I feel we should clarify
2: for the the audience listening. Uh, these canes are not the most malleable of things. They are rather rigid. Yeah. And would deliver quite the punch, as they are ooh, a metre and a bit long.
0: Yeah. Nothing. So there's quite,
2: there's quite the fulcrum on them, let's just say. A, a, you yeah. would not want the business end of that. No,
0: I, I in don't. Your,
1: yeah,
0: I don't look. <laughs> I
2: think tenders. we should also
3: reclarify, though, these stories may be very entertaining and quite funny. I don't
0: condone
2: it. No, I don't condone it.
0: Like I said, I look back. Don't on it. hit
2: people in
0: the crotch with long sticks. Yeah, I, or it's a bad thing unless in self-defense. I had a lot of aggression in me um, at that point as a result of the bullying, so it was pent up. You know, this was my way of releasing it. I think also the fact because you know we were boys, um, and boys laugh at that kind of thing, so my, the other people would laugh, and that would make me feel an element of acceptance. So I see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that also encouraged me. Uh, you know. However, I feel we should mention at some
2: point. Luckily for your friends, tender areas. Um, you did later apply it for a furry four-legged friend.
0: Indeed.
1: And you didn't use them to whack people's nuts. Who you didn't hit? No, yeah. <laughs> no. And and I haven't
0: been able to train them to do that. Uh, either of them. Uh, that would be
2: rather the spectacular sight I'm not gonna lie wow. <laughs> I
1: feel like I mean the tails are pretty good height I
0: mean I mean, I
1: mean tails
3: him. are quite aggressive anyway
0: <laughs> yeah well I think as I think all three of you can attest to with my current guy dog he has a vicious tail when it's wagging um yes yeah that is true i just hitting you uh in general but maybe maybe
2: on... talk us through yes. how how you came yeah. to
0: your first furry companion mm. no I was gonna say so Sl- to slightly go backwards, because um, it was in primary school that I first heard about guide dogs. And actually, before I uh, ever learned to use the cane, um, in year two again, so on top of that year learning Braille and touch typing, uh, we had a, uh, a lady come in with her guide dog. I don't remember the dog's name or the lady's. All I remember is the dog was golden. Not sure if it was a retriever, lab, or a cross between the two. Uh, And, yeah, she gave a talk to us. And I think in that moment, you know, I've always been a dog person. Uh, At that point, my family had um, our family dog, uh, Paddy, uh, who he would have been about four or five at that point. Jack Russell, lovely dog. Frankly, um... Probably uh, heard a lot of uh, the pro- the troubles I was going through during primary school, admittedly. Uh, so I thought it was great, though, the idea, you know, dog helping you around, you know, amazing. Uh, especially at that age, I was there like, you know, another dog in the house. Uh, however, at that point, you weren't able to get guide dog until uh, 16 at the earliest. Uh, it has since been changed to 14, but that meant I had another, you know, 10 years to go. Uh, So when the closer I got to 16, I was there like debating it. You know, do I want to get a guide dog? You know, do I not? Um, You know, told my parents that I did um, when I was 15. So then, you know, near the end of secondary school, we went to Southampton because that was the most uh, local guide dog center uh, to us. You know, there was myself and a few other uh, kids around the same age uh, applying for their first dog. We were given the usual um, speech you're given, uh, which is, you know, the dog's not a pet. Uh, You know, you need to think on if you need one. You know, will you actually uh, be utilising the dog properly? All that kind of thing. Um, and we also got to uh, practice with a guide dog there and then. Um, initially did have um, a person holding a harness so we get off feel for it. But then I actually did practice with a dog. Uh, lovely guide dog, Golden Lab called Greg. Uh, but then after going away from them, thinking about it for a month, um, I did decide to go ahead i was pretty confident i think i think it was more at that point i just knew that i wanted a guide dog i think i wasn't 100 percent confident on whether i would utilize them as much as the charity wanted um but i think i mean i did end up uh using the dog enough i think just in the moment you know as was the case for me around that age i just didn't have the confidence in myself to be you know to be sure of myself you know that i you know that i would be okay so after applying was on the waiting list for a year and a quarter in that time did try with two dogs uh lenny and taylor or tyler their names were both uh black lab cross golden retrievers because i know people like to know the breeds uh and then When I was in sixth form, I got a phone call one day uh, from Guide Dogs, asked if I could hang around, you know, once the school day finished. Uh, And so I did. I had uh, two trainers meet me, open the boot, out comes this big black lab, and uh, we did a practice walk, you know, to. Make sure, you know, our speeds matched. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it was all good. Um, You know, they thought they were perfectly happy with it. I was obviously more than happy with it, you know, being over a year. The charity do say you'll probably be on a waiting list, especially for a first time between a year and two years. But, you know, I was an impatient teenager. I wanted to get, you know, wanted to get. as Max <laughs> I wanted to get a dog as soon as possible. Uh, but yeah, they did that. This this was the year that the uh, Summer Olympics um, in twenty twelve were happening. Uh, sailing would be taking place in Weymouth, so they actually asked my school if I could, um, you know, finish early. So I like, f- you know broke up a week earlier than everyone else uh and because i was under 18 we didn't i didn't have to go to a hotel for the training there it was done from my house Mm -hmm. and yeah that was um done you know he he moved in his name was fella and uh he was the dog i would have for the rest of sixth form and from most of my time at RNC is obviously the one that uh, you three initially met when we were in Hereford together.
2: Indeed. Indeed. Uh, should we briefly talk about RNC as well? I realise we're kind of blasting through these ones now, but mm-hmm. I feel.
0: Yeah. No. I mean.
2: If we can get it all in, brilliant. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I can answer a question that I've been asking people as far as how did I find out about RNC? Um, And that was, as I was coming towards the end of sixth form, I did an extra year there because my first year I didn't do the best. I think I sort of underestimated um, the change of work level. Uh, So I didn't fail all my A-levels, but I failed a couple. Uh, So yeah, did a third year, but when coming towards the end, uh, I was there like, I'm not ready for uni. Uh and uni was the only um next step in my mind at that point. I think that was a result of my P- VI teacher, um, who um mm-hmm. uh, had always um pushed uh that idea in front of other things. Uh mm-hmm. for I mean, so that's just don't... general people yes. who work with exactly, anybody yeah.
1: with VI, it's it's uni yes.
0: well yes, it is true too. It's like I think it's just general an education thing as well. Um <laughs> also I think
2: I think local education solutions don't necessarily like to recommend Hereford somehow. When I it, think it's a bit of a... Too much moolah.
0: Yeah. So, well, see, she was the one who brought it up. Because I, ah, okay. I mentioned to a her twist. I wasn't ready for uni. Mm. When but she's a VIT no I think Lewis yes. means more the local of her. Yes. Don't want I, I mean, she does work for the her. county council, technically. Um, But, yeah, she's not, like, one of the high-ups. So, I guess, for her, she probably... Because I just meant, yeah wasn't ready she was like and a big reason for that was because of living on my own and she was like well you could go to Royal College for the Blind and I'm not gonna lie obviously it did work out obviously you know met you three and all that stuff Uh, so I get you know good things but there was a part of me that if I'd known about it sooner I may have gone there at you know the younger age of 16 as you know people can do Uh, Hmm. but and this is where I think the, some people would suggest the agenda thing to me, that my V.I. teacher at the time, though, she'd always been very keen on me going to my sixth form. Uh, it was called Thomas Hardy's. Um, she'd even, um, you know, tried to talk me into going uh, during uh, my secondary school. Um, so for context, because mm-hmm. uh, in Dorchester, which is where Thomas Hardy's was, it's a free school system. So Hardy started at year nine, where in Weymouth, where I went to primary, secondary, it was the two-tier system. So I think there was talks, you know, trying to convince me to... Well, there was even talks of me going from my primary school at year six to the middle school, and then which would have led to Hardys, because Hardys was the only upper school year nine onwards, or Mm -hmm. at the secondary school for the first two years, and then go there. But, yeah, that's... uh, Oh, I've... Going digressed a little bit, but yeah. So it was through her I found out when you know open day, as Jan and I spoke about in his episode. That's where him and I met. Um, well,
1: the three of us were were there together. It was you, me and Jan, and then I think
0: the yes, and different. you were there. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Yeah, you, us three, and Laura Tyler was, uh, mm, I
1: remember she was there. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, um, see, I think one of the reasons why I may have in the moment brief when speaking there forgotten you were there is because I didn't really talk to anyone and mm. as horrible as it sounds that I think the main reason why I remember Yian was there is obviously you know being in a wheelchair Yian you you know you stood out um, fine it's fine um, <laughs> also um so yeah and then also, Lewis again as we covered in your episode uh, the, the
2: induction day, day. <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> but um Yeah, I mean, I know you guys may want to talk about stuff as well, but I'll say my piece on it that overall, you know, there were negatives. uh, But for me, I think being at the Royal National College for the Blind was a very positive experience, Uh, you know, and it definitely helped me on the whole living on my own and preparing me for that. Uh, which was I the main that's reason I the went. the
1: thing, even when you say like, because I think almost everybody that went there would say, oh yeah, there were ups and downs to it. Yes. But I don't think anybody could say the rehabilitation side of it, it really did work. Like, I don't think anybody could really say that they oh, didn't, they, that yeah. didn't work. It's the social yes. aspect of it that in some ways, for me, it was well, negative. Yeah.
0: In the second year for me specifically, and I guess for you two, for you three as well, because I don't know, I mean, you three may disagree actually, but for me, the first year was fine. You know, there was slight hiccups. Mm. Slight, but especially in comparison to the second year. First year was a breeze. Um, um
2: As a place to get you from no skills to ready to work, it is mm. impeccable, the work they do. Yeah. Because they can get you from... Obviously, again, sort of referencing my one, but, like, I had no way of working, no working medium, and I came out of it able to live on my own. So Mm. it's... They do amazing things. It's just... It's not always implemented the best. I think it's the the crux of it, like Erin says.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. No, there's that side of it, definitely, I think. And it's one of those things... This is, again, also... Leads into... Because doing the IT skills there, I think it slightly helped me. Don't get me wrong, especially with the computer system they have, but I could have concentrated more. But another reason why I didn't is because I've again, there's always a part of me that's repelled by technology. And again, I do think a big reason for that was I was encouraged to stick to braille, you know, and use whether it was using a Perkins or a braille note taker, you know, the uh, basically the electronic Brailler. Yes. Um, because I was taken out of IT originally in secondary school, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, and then my I found out since, but I had one of my TAs who was very keen on me learning how to do technology. It was through her advice that I got my first iPhone, uh, which was a very good decision. Um, but you know, through her arguing, you know, she managed to get me back in IT classes in year nine, and then obviously I went on to do the. Uh, mm. Uh, you know, equivalent to GCSE's BTEC. Yes.
1: Hmm. But, yeah.
0: but, yeah, so, like, that's, you know, Is th- if there was, when you look back on your childhood growing up, if there was things I would have done differently, you know, I'm not saying I would have become, say, like, some guests I've had on. Um, I'll mention him because I uh, was recently uh, checking over uh, his episode, uh kieran little who's in episode four you know he's yes. he's great with technology you'll see his jobs in uh you know basically working with computers and all that stuff you know mm-hmm. I think I, you to
1: have that you could have that drive to want to use it as well it's not just about definitely. how much it's hammered into you but there is a certain extent yeah, to which, yeah it's I, like a threshold of how much you need to be taught exactly
0: i somewhat but that's the thing that like, i was allowed to i'm not saying it's the thing I know it's a balance because one could argue well if I didn't like them as a kid and I was forced to do it maybe I would have ended up resenting it anyway but I really think I just I would have been in a better place than I am now like mm. that's you know mm, that's absolutely. my that's my yeah. way of looking at it but yeah but at r you know I think what doesn't help me as well is like in the case of r like I got and this isn't I would argue this isn't their fault this is just you know I get to know their computer system pretty well because it's a particular computer but then you go somewhere else it's different you know
1: yeah i mean that was Mm. i guess the problem it's it was like a general problem of rnc as well but like it's such an accessible place that Mm. you kind of you live in that bubble and you're used to you know they'd have like the the sort of tactile tracks to get around and just like Mm -hmm. everything was thought about and then when you come out of it it is understandable that you know other computer systems just aren't accessible other just everything really
0: well yeah it's just <clears throat> it's just even as something to be honest though even for me it's just something as simple like at and they had Windows 7 on the computers you know but most PCs they light like in say at my university is Windows 10 hmm. so then I'm already a bit stumped
2: anybody suffering from this problem on their personal machine, there is a wonderful little bit of software out there called um, Windows Shell software, and it can convert your Windows 10 desktop back to a 7 look with all the same functions. It's very fun. I think IT it's my 8.1.
1: No,
2: just, just ask if you've got a friend who's competent with computers, they can probably get it on there. And no, it's I, pretty simple. Like,
1: as in your IT student is showing. Yes. <laughs> oh, go, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Lewis is
0: the one who did IT. Can you tell? Um.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, let him
3: flex if he wants to let him flex if he wants
2: to <laughs> I just uh, feel it's important to put it out there cause no, no, frankly, it is, it is. that's your community um, service frankly, that's the... what I've done with mine that's your community <laughs> service for
0: the day isn't it
2: yeah I'm <laughs> cocking clock, <I'm> <laughs> off now yeah <laughs> <It's missed me laughs> done.
0: But, um, I suppose it is worth saying as well that I know I've talked to points but another my main reason for going there as well on top of the independent living skills, was the uh, blind football and goalball. Uh, That was Mm. a big factor for me. Uh, Having to do the subjects uh, was, uh, you know, you just had to do that, though, to get there. So I actually, I didn't mind doing sociology A-level. That I was interested in because it had some connection to psychology, which was an A-level I did at sixth form. Uh, And also I did uh, theology and ethics. So there was also a connection there. However, doing the business Tech, that was generally because there was, you know... There...
2: You can't tell me you didn't enjoy business. <laughs> I was there... I, some parts I of it eventually. <laughs>
0: some parts of it eventually. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, initially, I had no interest. And you say, I mean, some modules were <laughs> a drag. I think, um, you know, we, we had times with we trying to help out each other. Callum, the accounting the accounting, the accounting module one. was okay. That perfectly was me helping
2: okay. you. Yeah, that was because I, I had never used, <laughs> this, this was quite funny, I, I was quite bad at maths and mm. uh, I normally wrote things down on bits of paper, obviously lacking my eyes, yeah. couldn't really do that. So Callum could attest, a blind calculator <laughs> is not the way to go, use the no, one on your well, phone.
0: <laughs> not for you anyway. I'd I'm, say, no, I, sorry, I, I'd grown I'm up using, no. it, so I using it. I was fine with this. <laughs> I was fine with it. I'd grown up using
3: Lewis it.
0: Yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs>
2: if you were brought up to use a car with two steering wheels, you'd be good at using a car with two steering wheels. Someone who used one with a conventional, well-working single steering wheel would be baffled.
0: <laughs> Don't be wrong. Like, see, that's where I think accounting works really well for me. I've always been good at mental math, mm. um, especially when growing up. Um, obviously you know a bit rusty now probably because you know not in the not you know not doing it on a daily basis as you do in school but i always I was pretty good at it I also really enjoyed marketing that was one that we did have fun with that uh, was good that was yes. where we had to create our own chocolate bar uh that you know that was uh. fun stuff but yeah no it was I went for the <laughs> fun times yeah I went for the blind football <laughs> and the goal ball
1: uh which have you was, played that before though or was it just to make you... T- been introduced to and
0: for oh yeah never played blind football properly i realize now what i did what i thought was blind football was technically vi football Mm. because you know it was a regular football we were using but we were all visually impaired um and i did all right at it i'd always played football in pe um back at school that was just regular football though as well um some people maybe like how um and they'd be there like not necessarily easily but um, I was a good defender because the ball always seemed to hit me. Um, you know,
1: that's that's the thing about blind people—we're ball magnets. Yes, like without fail. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other one. Yeah, like, I've gotten hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was you've also... got
1: extra powers <laughs> because of the wheelchair yeah. as well. You can't well, I, just it and it's I did, to I did you.
3: deflect one or two. Uh, deflect one or two with the wheels. Very random, but obviously, not trying at all well, yeah. I,
2: I, I, but... I, I do believe this is a, a straight up rule of physics if you do have a blind or disabled friend, if you throw a ball in the opposite direction, it will somehow hit them. It will just happen <laughs>
0: it's it's nature's way um it, it was weird though how unfortunately, it would obviously be sometimes more painful than others um obviously the, Indeed. the, worst, the worst one area. well yeah i'm not I know we're all thinking I'm referring to um the nads, but the one that i for <laughs> is i have one where so to make up the numbers this was at primary school we had the two um teachers slash coaches um one on each team, and one of them had a shot it was a thirty yard shot and it smacked me right in the throat <laughs> like, like i was stood in the i was stood on the edge of the penalty box he shot from the halfway line but it didn't
2: um, go in, no. so therefore he lo- he loses, <laughs> and I mean, you are the victor. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> I
0: was I was also a pretty good tackler, mainly because I had a system where I could normally get the I could normally see the ball all right in compare you know contrast to the person because it was you know bright white, um, and I had a good system of you know if I'm going down, I'm taking you down with me. So I would go, I would, um, I would take the person down with me, but I would always get the ball first uh so
2: hello I, i'm learning for this don't play football with calum <laughs>
0: <laughs> indeed yes uh but no so yeah did vi football for a bit it was like in my county but that wasn't like that was just like uh you know playing you know it was like something that was set up every weekend i never it wasn't like we you know played professional games uh to clarify uh, goal ball. Speaking like
3: someone that doesn't live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, see,
0: I did live in the middle of nowhere, but it was more the fact that where we travelled, it was like forty-five minutes to an hour away from me. Uh, you know, that's how big into football I was. Uh, I've always said that football was one of the main things that like kept me going. You know, uh, especially when growing up, like I was obsessed. Mm. Um, this is probably more of a because the thing for me is as well that you know I wasn't just obsessed with the game; I was obsessed with the behind-the-scenes stuff, the, you know, uh, transfer season. I realise I'm saying this to the free of you, and you're not as interested, so I'm more saying this for any listeners who um, are, you know, would care. But uh, for those who would get this reference, uh, my dad used to enjoy calling me our household's Alan Hansen when growing up, Uh, who was a famous football pundit.
1: Like from the the pop band, Hanson? (laughs) Hansen?
0: No. Um... (laughs) Definitely not. We
1: do
2: care. We just lack, we just lack comprehension. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's it's fine. But, um, quite true. Like I said, <laughs> football and pro wrestling, those were my two things. Um, <laughs> But yeah, goalball, I tried once in year four. It was like a session that was held at a local school. Enjoyed it for what it was, but never really came across it again. I taught, I sh- I did like sessions with my friends in secondary school to teach them how to do it. Like as a sort of after school club, very, temporary one but you know organized it with my the head of our year who was also a PE teacher Uh, and then yeah but when I went to RNC with the opportunity to do both I was there like yeah I'll do that big football fan the thing is football and blind football are quite different Um, again I know discussed this with other people in previous episodes but you know like for example because everyone's blindfolded you know, you're all talking, blind football. You have to, when you dribble, conventionally in football, you sort of push the ball out in front of you and run onto it. But in blind football, you have, to, you know, you keep, because you can't see it and it's rattling, you, you keep it between your feet.
2: Pretty uh, close, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you, you always have to try and keep it close by. And it's a very physical game. Um, I enjoy doing both of them, um, you know, goalball more. And I think the reason for me was because as physical as it was, I, f- I think it was less physical than blind football. That may have been a big reason.
1: You're just like lying on the ground.
0: The thing is, it's not just that though, is it? It's it's really not. And I just know... To ex-
2: just to explain for those that don't know, mm. goalball, the amount of... Uh, first of all, protective equipment is required for such a sport. <laughs> yes. Um... It's pretty physical, and you will get hit with a ball very often. It's not like, uh, oh, you might get hit in the. Sh-. No, you will be hit with a ball, quite hard, possibly in the face.
0: So <laughs> very often, but I, I enjoyed playing goalball. Um, both sports. I was told that I could probably have gone further, like representing GB. Did do a did take part in a GB youth thing for goalball, um, but my thing. I was just I've never been a competitive person. And to me as someone who wasn't competitive, but all the others were, I don't know, I just I was I was wanted to do it for fun and the fun was being taken out uh for me. I see that. You know, I see that. yeah. So completely understandable. And you know, like nothing against them, but especially in the case of my teammates for Blind Football, I just thought most of them, you know, we were we were different characters and you know that just made me especially at that point in my life i just you know i think that just made me uncomfortable and no fault of their own just that no, just, just was the way it was uh but you know because like i said i just i never i think looking at my my dad um and my younger brother and sister i'm pretty sure competitiveness like i may Who knows, maybe I had naturally inherited it from my mum. But I do remember being competitive as a kid. But I think, especially when it came to competing in sports, I was obviously always against fully sighted people. I learned very quickly there is no point being worried about winning. You're not gonna win. You know, just have just 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 have fun. Yeah.
1: It's the taking part that counts.
0: Yeah, and that's very much something and I do I do actually think that is true, but it's very much something in that position you have to um you Mm -hmm. know consider um but yeah ever since i left RNC, so due to there not being many around the country i haven't really done goalball or blind football to be fair i don't think i would have continued blind football i think in my final game getting a minor concussion did put me off you know uh you know i know some people say you know you need to get back on the horse as the expression goes but for me it was like nah it's sort of like I was already struggling during the match because f- it was so competitive and people shouting so much. It was just getting too much for me, frankly. It was a bit overwhelming. And then in some ways, at the time anyway, I considered a bit of a blessing when I did get the minor concussion had to be stretched off. Um, you know, and for you to... <laughs> okay. Yeah, and for you to have that mindset is not healthy. So, you know, I think yeah. I was always there like, I'm not going to go back, back to blind football.
2: Once again, if, if you think that um, regular football is too tame, Paralympics, good watching. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, never ever, dear God, <laughs> ever watch wheelchair rugby. I, oh, murderball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. There is a reason it's called that, like murderball. Yeah, they dubbed that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I guess, and the other things just mentioned about RNC, because I know I've mentioned in the past was in the second year. Another reason why it was a difficult time for me was my first guide dog was forced into retirement. Um, yes. had a heart condition uh, and that was um, very tough for me I don't know how it came across to people on the outside like you three uh, but I was definitely not in a good place around that time
2: Like I like to <clears throat> think like because we had business and stuff like that together there was a lot of times we would walk to lessons and things like that Yeah. and I remember there was a period where you didn't have a dog with you Yes, for a lot of it, and I know I'm fairly certain that completely knocked you for six. You mm-hmm. were sort of a bit like, ah, oh, this is this is not a dog. This is a cane. Yes, this is wrong. <laughs> this is not this is not how it should be. Yeah. So, I like I I think it's it's very difficult to overstate how much of an impact that had. Yeah. Because he was your buddy. He was he was your your wingman the entire way through. No, def,
0: definitely, and this is something that's been addressed with guide dog owners in previous episodes that the companionship really cannot be understated. Um, and I have always said I really do give, um, you know, fella being my first dog, not saying you know my current guide dog, Ulan is not a great companion as well, but due mm, to the order of things, fella was the one who um, really gave me a lot of confidence. Like Mm. the, me getting him at 17, it gave me more stability, you know, in myself, Um, talking to people, talking to a lot of people. As I think I've told you guys before I did, I was doing assemblies when I talk about guide dogs in front of like 300 to 500 people, Uh, more in one case than 500, you know, and I would have, Mm. I would have never had, dreamed of doing that um before even when it had been suggested to me that maybe i could do stand-up comedy which was before i got fella but that's where like getting fella i saw as a way to gain my confidence for that kind of thing
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but yeah no um like you said walking around those few times without a guide dog was uh very surreal uh and it has been something i've had to replicate uh because um my current guide dog did have a a few months where he had to have an operation on his leg and so therefore wasn't able to walk. Um, Mm -hmm. But at least with that one, I knew it was going to get back to normal, as it were. Um, Obviously, at that point, still didn't know for sure that when I would be getting my new guide dog when Fella uh, was retired. Indeed. But yeah, got Yulin very quickly, was very fortunate in that, and uh, had him before I started uni in the September of that year
2: which brings us to close to present day I believe Mm.
0: indeed in chronology yes yeah went yeah studied creative writing at uh, University of Winchester was fun Uh, did initially in the first year I did philosophy religion and ethics but switched Um, just wasn't for me still enjoy philosophy and religion as a subject Uh, but I think it's just the A lot of the textbooks are obviously their old style English, and I just, I just can't. I just think I couldn't handle that. It's the same reason why, when growing up, I couldn't handle Shakespeare.
1: Couldn't manage it. Can anyone truly?
0: (laughs) I mean, a lot of people can, and I don't know how they do.
1: Mm, I don't know how they do. I think they're fake. To be fair, even
3: drama students I've spoken to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody hates Shakespeare. For like the best writer that's ever lived, everybody hates works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What I don't understand is hmm. if I made up a word right now and gave it a meaning, people would. I would be an idiot. <laughs> However, a man does it and performs these words to a completely uncomprehending audience without see, any knowledge is, of what this word was.
1: You have to embed that word into like a sentence using iambic pentameter and then you seem really smart and people will start <laughs> using that word.
2: Yeah, and then they don't know what it means either. And no one knows what it means and we all end up with God knows what as a language. I really didn't.
0: I really there we are. I really didn't think this would turn into Shakespeare bashing. Bashing, no. <laughs> but, but like Dickens as well, like even like you know, or you know, I had um. Uh, my wife uh was reading Pride oh, the... and, was reading Pride and Prejudice, you know, from Jane Austen, <laughs> and some of that English, I'm there, like I'm not fully, you know. Managing so to read stuff from, you know. Shakespeare time and even further back I was just like really struggling with some of that Um, like I'd be there like I have no so I'd have no idea what they're saying what Socrates is saying here and you know my lecturer would be there like oh he's saying this and I'd be there like oh that's very interesting but I don't know how you got that from that
2: if only that was written in plain English yeah Um,
0: uh, so yeah with that also I had problems with kind of like
3: Freud's diary isn't it
0: (laughs) I would imagine so. I also had problems with my disability student allowance, DSA, in the first year. So that didn't help. Ah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was a bit under... So I was struggling as well in the first year, which also started to affect my mental health, as one could imagine. Um, considered dropping out of uni all altogether, but managed through talks with um, different... Various people, including parents and uh, personal tutors, lecturers, decided to stay on at the same uni switched to creative writing um which uh, for the better I'd say because uh, uh that's when I met my uh, wife to be um so that meant I was at, but that meant I was at uni for 4 years finished last year you know as we went as we were in lockdown 1 so that was fun um
2: what a tremendous time <laughs> to finish
0: yeah it was a bit of a whimper um to say the least however I've always said I'm glad at least that I finished rather than had to return. Um, yeah, that's uh, the yes, indeed. Same yeah, on that one. Yes, I wouldn't have enjoyed that at all. I uh, couldn't, can't imagine doing that, or let alone starting as well. I'd have definitely. Probably, I don't know what I would do in the gap year, but I would have probably, as some ha- a lot have, uh, deferred to this September. Uh, but... If you
2: are in that boat, we are in no way mocking. <laughs> no, not at we're all. We're just very glad.
0: Yes, not not at all. <laughs> like, we are.
3: Have very personally glad and good luck to you I was
0: going to say frankly if you're yeah if you are doing your degree good right luck now, godspeed yeah, fair play. <laughs> like yeah have have friends who are doing their degrees right now don't envy them because um, I'm very much and I think this might be as a result of me growing up as a technophobe I really like the face-to-face aspect of talking to people mm, mm. Um, and doing and you know doing one-to-one meetings with my lecturers you know it, it would really <laughs> remote <help out>. learning <laughs> yeah exactly not for me uh, yeah um, And now I'm here um, Living in Southampton Funny enough Because we talk about the uh, um, Being at uh, the hospital Which at the time of recording uh, When this comes out It would probably uh, be Would have been a while Since I'm going to be Having an operation To have as much of my Shunt removed uh, You know 20 years ago Wasn't um wasn't something they wanted to attempt but you know we've come a long way so as it's and I'm glad it's getting done because for the last couple of years it's been giving me a lot of uh, grief you know aching Mm -hmm. and stuff which is apparently Mm -hmm. natural in those who have had shunts for a while um, with the scar tissue and everything but it's it's not fun to uh, live with so at least as a short-term solution um getting as much of it removed as possible will will be good i think
2: indeed i I do believe that brings us to present day
0: yeah well yes yes, yeah. very present on in that this
2: one. little in this little this is your life that we've <laughs> journeyed through
0: well yeah, very much so like
2: sorry, we didn't have the big red book, but you know Covid
0: uh, <laughs> uh no worries, maybe next time,
2: maybe maybe,
0: yeah, but um yeah things are going all right, i said uh unfortunately, struggling to get a job right now um which you know is uh something I think Aaron and I covered on the episode we did with as far as the difficulties, yeah applying as a blind mm-hmm. person um let alone, at any time, let alone during a pandemic. When it's tough for fully ah, able people, if you're well. still
3: confused about the difficulties, listen to the disdain in our voices as we speak. <laughs>
0: online
2: forms. <laughs> I mean, it's not I just that. <laughs> That's and the beginning. I'll let you get the sarcasm and disdain <laughs> from my voice. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, this online huh. quiz. Text box, text box, text box. Yes. Button, button, button. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs>
0: we laugh about it because uh, it helps the pain um,
3: for anyone who's not British this is what British people do yeah. when
0: <laughs>
3: when we're in pain we laugh about it.
0: yeah well you know it's fine we, we, we all look at Erin you know as good as we can sometimes we look in the wrong direction with envy um, Oof, terrible as she's, had, as she's had a few jobs in her current one Good on mm. Aaron. you, Aaron. You, know, you represent us all now, Aaron. You, you <laughs> I have, hope you certain dreams the, are with you.
2: You are the positive statistic
1: in this little clique. Yes. Hooray! I am the one in ten or third. Mm. Depending Indeed. on <laughs> what statistics you use.
0: Yes. No. Exactly. Mm. So, mm. yeah, obviously doing this, keeping myself busy. It's a nice creative outlook as well as uh, mm. not able to do stand-up comedy currently. Which is uh, one of the things, I guess. If people say your dream job, that's my dream job.
3: Mm. Yeah, not I think that would be a good. Definition.
2: Not to put you on the spot, but I feel I feel it is something that we are obliged to do. Could you tell us a joke? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh dear God! Um, so you put you you put me on the. Sp- oh, that's not a good start. No, you, no, you, uh-huh. you, no. See, no, you put me on. You put me on the spot, and the thing is, I know. Any I tell. Um, off the top of my head, are ones that you three have heard. So I guess... That is I'm fine. Possibly not suitable fine. for a podcast. <laughs> well, some of them some of them are not suitable for the podcast that um, I am trying to put out there, granted. Indeed. So I'm doing my best to... Do you to have think... any
2: family-friendly ones?
0: I think this one's family-friendly enough. Uh, okay, off which... we go.
2: <laughs> Strap in, people. <laughs>
0: okay, this is where I try to get in my stand-up mode. Um, so... I was in a bar the other day, and there were two men squaring up to each other, you know. And I joined the crowd uh, who were gathered around them, and it was brought to my attention that they were both blind. And someone, so I said, My money's on the one with the knife, and they both shut themselves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, what a way to cap it off!
0: Yes apologies of people <laughs> apologies of people think that's not the uh, strongest in the world but it normally gets a good laugh
1: it's very topical though
2: yes so
0: that's that's you were two. on
2: the spot also trying yes. to do one that wasn't too raunchy yeah that's and, the problem as well it's yeah, no, it's quite the it's quite the conundrum it has to
0: be said the yeah the the raunchier ones that again you guys have probably heard along with new material is what went through my head first Ah, I, well, think, you I think
3: Lewis's voice went posher than
0: mine then. I think. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know, I'm, I mean, I'm the one who, I mean, according to you guys, What's I'm the poshest da- one out mean, of the four of us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh dear. Now, before <laughs> oh, we get gosh. too offensive and start putting on posh accents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, uh, as I would normally say, I think we've managed to um, cover a decent amount.
1: As you indeed, was, I think we've yeah. indeed, covered the bases. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, this might end up being a bit uh, longer than some episodes, but I guess with uh, four people in total, uh, you know, and it is a uh, number twenty. You know, it's a. Of, uh, it's a
1: bumper episode. Yes. Oh.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if people want to be under the impression as well that you know I've just made it longer because you know it's about me. So yay. Um, the Listen you can with think Your Eyes
2: that. podcast. The Listen with Your Eyes podcast. Long train journey edition. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Indeed. We've um, got to
3: put that at the intro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, God. Anyway, um, shall we have uh, shall we... each of you individually say goodbye before I wrap it up? Okay. Yeah. Which order are we going? Should we go? Should um... We go episode order. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, go on then. Lewis first. G-
2: goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry, my my signal well, cut. Well, there we go. The Excuse me, you you've ruined it all. I know, it's my signal cut. at a Complete uh, wrong
3: moment. I just, I couldn't tell you to still again, speaking. again, it's <laughs> Okay, you want to start again? Oh, this God, is, ruined. Oh this is ruined. This
0: evening is ruined. Stop right.
3: referencing it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's all falling apart. <laughs> um, okay. Goodbye. Everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> goodbye. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> well, that was a very informative chat. Hopefully, you found it educational and somewhat entertaining. You can follow me on Twitter at TheBlindBrennan, send an email to TheBlindBrennan at gmail.com or join the Facebook group, Listen With Your Eyes. If you can like, share and rate the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. You've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time.